All right, so if you guys were here last week, um, Bob talked about, um, he introduced us to Adam and Eve, and he had some of us up here um, laying on the floor and eating forbidden fruit and <laughs> doing all kinds of crazy stuff over here. Um, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, we're not going to do that again. But um, while while I was up here, Lisa was up here, and Bob had us doing all that, I was kind of like starting to kind of preach to myself a different sort of message. And um, and so I want to share that um, today. And so, um, yeah, Bob kind of explained or introduced us, Adam and Eve, in the garden, you know, and uh, basically, you know, it was all good until it wasn't. And, um, you know, he, um, then we had Friday, Friday, we had a Bible study um, in the park. So, um, you know, uh, he was talking about um, how nothing separates us from God. And there was all kinds of scriptures. And again, I was like, you know, like kind of standing over there, like preaching another message to, well, the same message to myself, you know, in my head. And, um, and so I won't, you know, I'm just, I'm going to share that with you, but uh, we're going to go back to the garden. So, um, and this whole theme um, of, you know, God um, and his love. Um, and I got that song in my head right now, but we just sang it and that's great. But, um, but I want to talk about the big S word. Um <laughs> The big S word. The big S word that separates us from God. Okay. So what would that word, what would that word be? What do you guys think that word is? Sin. All right. Um, it's nothing. All right. Sin. Um, no. Okay. So hear me out. Um, yeah. Okay. So a four-letter word that that has the. Um, a five-letter word. We'll put S-H together. Okay, shame. I want to talk about shame. Um, and I would say that that's, that's you know, that's a five-letter S-word <laughs> that um, too often does separate us from the love of God. And I want to explain, like, how that works. Um, so I want to talk about shame. Uh, shame is something we talk a lot about in treatment. Um, and it's because it's, like, the core the core of addiction. Um, and so if you're here, um, you know, with an addiction or in recovery, you understand what I'm saying. And if you're here and you're not in recovery, you've never had those struggles, you still know what shame is. I'm just, I just, I believe everybody in here knows what shame is. And that's, that's just how it is. Um, and so we all have that in common. What's that? Shame. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what she's doing. Um, so I'm pretty sure we've all struggled with shame. Um, so before we get into that, though, um, I think it's important for us to identify what we're talking about when we're talking about shame. Because sometimes shame and guilt can be interchangeable. We use it all the time, interchangeable. But I think that shame and guilt are different. And, um, you know, uh, you were to sit through one of my I, IOP classes or, you know, a group, I would explain like how guilt and shame are different. 
but just for for now i want to you know just so this is it like shame what, what do you guys think the difference between shame, shame and guilt are anybody know no Okay. All right. So yeah, shame says, you know, I messed or guilt says I messed up. You know, I messed up. I made a mistake. You know, something went wrong and I, you know, I did it, did it. Um, and shame can actually be healthy and it can be helpful. And, um, guilt. sorry, guilt. Yeah. <laughs> Some would argue that shame could, can be as well, but, um, but guilt uh, can be helpful, and um, you know that's that's kind of where the the conviction you know God does convict us, and that's a great thing. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, guilt says I messed up. Shame says I am messed up. Guilt says I did something stupid. Shame says I am stupid. Um, and so uh, there's a psychologist, um, psychiatrist, sorry, and author of uh, John Bradshaw, and um, we uh we kind of go through his books like in treatment as well and um you know uh he says that uh shame is demonic and so um if you you know struggle with that idea or like with demonic or devils and demons and that kind of thing um he actually explains it like this he says demonic is the way um uh okay he says it this way he says something that is uh, demonic has the potential to encompass our whole personality instead of a momentary feeling of being limited, um, making mistakes, littleness, or uh, being less attractive or talented than someone else. Uh, he says uh, demonic is when a person comes to believe that his whole self is fundamentally flawed and defective. And so that's how he defines demonic. I think that's right. Um, Brene uh, Brown, if you guys know who she is, she says, uh, shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging, something we've experienced, uh, done or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. And so um, these are just some working definitions of shame. Um, so, so we see what Brene Brown says and what John Bradshaw says, but what does the Bible say? So um, you really don't have to read very far in the Bible before we realize, uh, before the problem hits us, right? So um, when you watch a movie, you know, like you have a movie, you have the, you know, it's introduced to you, you got the setting, you got the, you know, the set setting, you got, you got it, and then you got a problem, right? And then right off, right off the bat, somewhere you're going to find the problem, and then you're going to find the solution somewhere, right? And so, um, right there in the very first uh, few pages of the Bible, please open up your Bible and turn to page uh, one. Um, And uh, it says, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form, void, darkness uh, was over the face of the deep, and Spirit of God hovered over the uh, 
face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw uh, the light. It was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness called night. And, and there was evening and there was morning, first day. So what I want us to look at, because I'm, I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but at the end of each one of these, um, these little standards, this is kind of like a poem, we see God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good, right? So he built, he, he creates this garden, he creates this universe, he creates everything that we see, and he says it is good. And then he, he creates the animals, and he creates the birds for the air, and the you know, the fish in the sea, and he says it is good. And he says that it is good. And he says that it is good. And then when you come to uh, chapter, uh, or sorry, verse um, uh, 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and the sea and the birds of the air and the heavens and the earth and the, everything that he created, right? And then he says, and then it says, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and, and every tree with seed in it, fruit and shall have um, them for food and every beast in the earth and every bird on uh, in the heaven and to everything creeping on the earth, everything that has breath in its in uh, breath of life. Um, I have seen every green plant for your food, and and it was so, and God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day, right? And then the seventh day, and God rested. And so, um, it is good, and it is good, and it is good, and God creates man, and he said, and it says, it is very good, right? So he looks at everything he created after he creates man and puts him in this, this blessed world and says it is very good. Um, and so I think it's important when we, when we get back into the garden, when we get back into the story, that we look at it as a story, you know, kind of the same way we see other uh other stories with talking animals and stuff. And I think it's it, when we do that, you know, it's not minimizing um, the scripture because I know we've used this to like kind of combat um, evolution and, you know, uh, the atheist neighbor and all that kind of thing. Um, and we've also used it, we've used these scriptures to shame other people, you know, let them know like how, you know, they're sinful and the Bible says so. And um, and we've used these scriptures, and I think we're, that, that we're actually seeing the opposite in this story. Um, and uh, then shame, but yet we use it to shame. Or we, we have, I have, you know, it's, it's the way I was raised. Um, maybe the way you were raised. But, um, but I think when we see it as a story, we recognize that we can place ourselves in that. And just like uh, Bob was talking about the rocks, you know, that's, that's a metaphor. And like, I like that kind of stuff. You know, I like to look at these metaphors and, and, and what does that represent? You know, when we look at this as a story, we see that kind of thing. We can, we can be like, okay, what, what is that? What does that represent? Like what's behind that, uh, that element in the story? So anyway, I'm gonna get back to my notes. Um, so, uh, so last week, um, 
Bob painted uh, this picture. Uh, is a beautiful picture of a man and a woman. They're living in a garden and living in the creation uh, to work with God, to rule with God, right? And uh, create culture and have kids and rule and and live life, right? In, in the world that he's created. And uh, God said, look at all this. Like, look, look at all this. This is all yours, right? And he says, um, everything you see, yours. But you see that over there? He says, um, that'll harm you. Right? That'll harm you. Um, it's not like he was saying, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. So um, it's not like he was uh, tempting them with evil, like, like you know, we see. He was saying that that's harmful. And God, God warns us of what's harmful for us because he doesn't want to see us hurt. He doesn't want to see us, you know, um, you know, uh, he knows better than we do and uh, doesn't want to see us, you know, um, hurt in those ways. Um, and so, uh, okay, and then, uh, so he says not to eat that, you know, don't, don't eat that. Um, the tree is the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Um, I've, uh, I've heard it said that a better translation would be good and bad. Um, so uh, I guess Tobe and Ra, but um, so I want I want I want to look at it like that. So um, Adam and his wife were both. Oh, sorry. Let's let's look at uh, Genesis two because that's that's all Genesis two. Bob kind of went over Genesis two yesterday. Um, there's so much here, and I just don't want to have to like repeat everything um, that we talked about last week. But um, if we go down to the very end of uh, Genesis two to uh 25 so the very last sentence there it says and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed so when we look at this as a story and we're looking at these metaphors what do you think that means so they were naked right um yeah and they were and they were both yeah, shameless. And the uh, the uh, what is it? The NIV says uh, they felt no shame. So, um, but naked seems to be like something that carries with it a lot of negative con connotations. You know, if you think about it, right? Like, I mean, the saying here. Um, okay, so let's think about this. Um, Think about all of the pressures we feel on a daily basis. Um, we hear you need to be a certain way, you, know, you need to act a certain way, you need to have a certain thing, you need to be this way to prove your worth or your value, right? Um, if we don't have these things, we're considered less than, right? Um, okay, yeah. Um, Imagine what, um, like, what if, what if we could live in that world? Like, what if we could live in that world that uh, we didn't feel less than, um, we didn't feel shame. Like, I don't know what that's like. Um, having uh, no concept of feeling less than. Imagine um, what no shame would be like. Just, just like, what would that be like? And then, if we remember. Um, Bob 
uh, with his, you know, last week with his um, like theater sermon, the sermon, um, the, the serpent, right? The serpent tempts Eve. She ate the fruit, uh, gave it to her husband who was with her. Um, and uh, and so what did the serpent say? The serpent says, um, God's holding out on you, right? Basically, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but God says, like, or sorry, the serpent says, God's holding out on you. God's, God's, God's holding out on you. Um, he, he took God's words and he twisted them around. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay, and he said, um, "Sure," uh, he says, uh, "You will you will not surely die. You will you will be like God." Right. So the serpent says, "You will be like God." Uh, and Bob also pointed out last week um, that that's not what God said. Right? So what did God say? Serpent saying. Um, you will be like God, but God said, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is very good, right? And it also says um, that God created um, us in his image, right? And in his likeness. So we're already like God. Um, it says he made them in his image and his likeness. So who can uh, this serpent represent? So in this story, we're going back to this, this idea of the story. Um, naked, unashamed, right? Um, this serpent, who can this serpent represent? Who does this serpent represent in the story? Anybody know? What's that? The enemy. Okay, Satan. Okay. All right. Um, how about... Uh, the voice of the accuser, the voice that says that we're less than, whatever that voice is. Um, maybe, you know, somebody that said, you'll never amount to anything. Maybe a teacher, maybe a pastor, maybe um, a father, you know. Um, maybe some sort of leader, somebody, somebody that was over, you know, over you at some point, or kind of took that position. Um, Maybe that person that said, uh, once an addict, always an addict. You guys ever hear that? Oh, once an addict, always. You know, um, you're trying to do better. You're trying to, you're trying to better yourself. You're trying to do, you know, and there's that voice that says, you'll never amount to anything. Um, you know, that, that voice that says, you're nothing but a film blank. Right? Um, Maybe it's the voice of um, an abusive ex-boyfriend, you know, and you're trying to move on. Maybe a, a, a girlfriend. Um, maybe a husband, maybe a wife. Um, um, and maybe, and maybe it's not even what you've been, how you've been, what what you've been called, or or what what, but it's the way you've been treated, right? So maybe maybe it's that. Um, I find it interest, interesting, this is kind of a side note, but um, when we talk about guilt and shame, like guilt is something like three to six years. Shame is like within 12 months, like within 12 months. 
of being born. We find shame. And it's because it really attacks who we are, right? The shame and guilt are different. Guilt, we start to think what's right, what's wrong, did I mess up? I, I have some sort of an idea. And we're starting to um, you know, turn on those parts of our brain that are that's, that's thinking about things, right? But shame, shame is much, much deeper. Um, and it attacks who we are. Um, so, you know, uh, kind of gets into studies around like, um, you know, contact with the baby, like, you know, the, um, the connections between a mother and a, and, and a father and their, and their child. Um, and so shame can go like, shame can get, get deep in there. Um, and so it may be just neglect or, um, you know, um, rejection or disrespect, um, Because shame is, uh, you know, I messed up. Guilt is, I messed up. Shame is, I messed up. Um, so, so if we get back into the story, uh, this is now in chapter three, um, verse one. Um, and I'll paraphrase again. Um, the serpent says, um, God knows that, you know, if you eat of this tree, um, you'll know all things, um, you'll know good and bad. Like, you'll, it's like, so what can be wrong with that? Like, I'll, I'll know the good and I'll know the bad. Um, and so, you know, if we got good and we got bad, and now we have the knowledge of good and bad, then it can't be all bad, right? Um, if we have good and bad, it can't be all bad. Um, <laughs> Um, but if all if all we have is good in the beginning, then what did we gain by eating the fruit? We gain bad harm. Right. Um, so God uh, God created uh, good, right? God created good, and uh, God created you, and God created me, and. Um, so God created us good. Um, so like if you're like, you know, you've never heard that before, like, you know, it's like, wait, like that's, I've never heard that. Like I've heard about God and I've never heard these kind of things. Like seriously, like God created you and God says you're good. Um, So question, uh, God, uh, shame, back to shame. Shame questions God, what God says. So now that you've heard what God says, for, for those of you that, that never heard that, um, shame will come in and try to question what God says, just like in the story, right? Um, and uh, shame also distorts the truth. Shame will point out that you, uh, what you've done and say that that makes you... Fill in the blank, right? Um, Genesis uh, 3, 7 uh, says, um, then, uh, then their eyes both, uh, and uh, then the eyes of both opened and they knew they were naked, right? So they take this, this knowledge of uh, good and evil and uh, they're good and now there's bad and there's the differentiation of the two, like there's comparison. Comparison is a big part of shame. 
you know, comparing ourselves to others, having this idea that, you know, there's something that will make me worthy of uh, whatever life. You know, sometimes we don't even feel like worthy of life. I felt that way. Like, you know, straight up. Um, and so now their eyes are open. It says that. It says, oh, your eyes will be open. The serpent says, oh, your eyes will be opened. And then it says, their eyes were open. And they knew they were naked. Um, and so shame distorts the truth. Right? Okay. Um, says you will always, it says you will never, um, it uses these absolutes, you know, where I'm, I, I will never, you know, I'm always, or we, or we say that to each other, like, amount to whatever, or, you know, you are, you are always, or you will always be filled with, right? Um, and you'll never do what's right. It's because of uh, who you are, right? That, that's what shame says. Shame says it's because of who you are, right? Um, divorce, right? Um, it's because of who you are, right? So, um, you know, if you go through that, you go through that pain of a divorce and it's like, it's because of who you are. It's your fault, right? That's what shame will say. Or, um, or maybe it's divorce like you're five, you know? Your parents got a divorce and it's like, oh, it's because of you. Right, and so you live with this thing um, and this voice, right? Um, yeah. Oh, I, what what would you say? What do you think? Okay. Did you guys hear what he what he said? What do you ask? Hey, he said, "Is that is that outer like voices, or is that inner dialogue?" What would you guys say? Yeah, yeah. I would say it starts. It starts on the outside, you know. When it's inside, it's like we've internalized. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it comes from the outside first, and then as it goes, like you said, it goes. Yeah. yeah. There's enough time on the outside, then all of a sudden, like things come. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, this is a side note, and I hope that I'm able to. I, I don't want to. I'm going to share anyway. So there was a time not too long ago when I went on a trip and it, I went on the trip because I was like at the end of myself and I really just wanted to die. Honestly, I wanted to die. I didn't feel like I was worthy of life. And um, while I was on this trip, uh, it, was a, it was a dark night of my soul. Like I was just like, I don't know if I can get through this night. Like it was that bad. And I was in a place along, I was in Salem, Oregon, where I grew up and I was there and I was experiencing all over again, all the shame and all this like mess, things that I had done that nobody knew about, you know, all the all this stuff. Um, the the teachers that had said certain things about me, you know, and I'm in these parking lots of these schools, and I'm like in my car, I'm driving all around. Lisa's like checking me out on um, on find my iPhone, and I'm just driving around in circles, and I'll park for a while. And what I was doing, I was going to all these schools that I went to when I was growing up, had learning disabilities. You know, and uh, and I'm remembering all this stuff that I went through and what the teacher said and how the students treated me, you know, and then I'm going to these different places when I was older and I'm like going to these like parties and these different, um, 
you know, hotel parties and different things that happened in, in those places. And I'm like experiencing all this, like all over again, the shame. And I'm just like, these are things that I feel like God can't forgive me for, or, you know, um, these things I've seen and I've experienced. And, um, and I'm just like, you know, going to these different places. And then like, long story short, I mean, God really showed himself to me in a real, real tangible, like atmospheric way. And I just felt the love of God and the acceptance of God from the very beginning. Like there was no time when God wasn't there and didn't like not love me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, this is what, this is what, why this reminded me of this, because something like kind of hit me and it was like this idea that um, we're supposed to take every thought captive, right? That's what, that was what I was taught when I was growing up. And I thought about it and I was like, well, what about those thoughts that I just have, you know? Like, it's just the way I am. Like, like if I take every thought captive, like, what about those thoughts that I don't even know are thoughts because I don't know if it's true or not. Like, I feel like it's true because somebody said, but then there's this like conviction where there's this thing that says, you know, um, like, I don't like that. Like, I don't like that. And I don't want to believe that, you know? And I, I, in that moment, I realized I don't have to believe that, you know? And so I thought about it and I'm just like, you know, that's like, these thoughts are things that somebody has told us, like the teacher and the, you know, my, my, my father and, you know, um, different people like throughout my life. Um, and this thing that I was experiencing in this place where I was driving, and it was like all those things that made me who I think I am, right? And how I've acted and how I've acted out what I thought, you know, I was. And... Um, Right. So, um, so it's like the deception, you know, that distorted truth. Um, now I'm going to try to get back to this. Um, so what do they do? Okay. So they eat the, they, they eat the fruit, they realize they're naked. And what do they do? They, they sow fig leaves, right? Um, and they, uh, they make clothes for themselves to hide their nakedness, right? Um, and they hide from God, right? And so how does, how does shame separate us from God? Okay, in our own minds. Um, we try to hide from God, right? Um, shame causes us to hide. That's the other thing. Shame causes us to hide. Um, and so how do we try to hide from God? We try to hide shame with uh, perfection, um, performance, right? I've been there. I am there many, many times. Um, we're critical of others. A lot of times we're critical of others because we're critical of ourselves. And, and people are critical of us because they're also critical of themselves. And, you know, hurt people hurt people and shame people also shame people. Um, What's that? Self-justification. Um, and, uh, okay, so shame hides from God. But God doesn't separate himself from us, right, in the story. That story is about me and you, right? And that accusation, that, that voice, that serpent, that voice in our head that says, you know, we're not worthy. Um 
but God doesn't, uh, he doesn't separate us, him, himself from us. Um, what does God do in this story? He comes looking for us. And um, Manuel, like, Mary, you're up here, you're doing the, the, the God thing. And why did you say you came into the garden? Yeah, yeah. It's like I made, I made these, you know, I made these. In my pride, you know, my pride and joy of my, my, you know, these are my creations. And I want to come and I want to hang out with them, you know. And I want to walk with them. Yeah, yeah. Like shame makes us think, oh, God doesn't want to be close to this. So, but it's so cool that God's like, no, actually, I'm coming looking for you. Yeah. Thinking I'm thinking. Yeah, I told you. Did you guys all hear what she said? Say it again. <laughs> she said it so well. Um, shame tricks you into believing that God doesn't want to be close to you. God doesn't want to be with you. Is that something yeah, up which which you say like it's fear based? It's yeah. Fear yeah, which which is also one of those core issues when it comes to addiction as well, right? Fear, fear change. Um okay, um okay, so uh God comes into the garden, um Adam and Eve are hiding, uh and God says, uh where are you? Right? Like, like I came to hang out with you and you're just not there. Like this, this is always where you are. You're always right there. Like this is where, like I created this. And where are you? You're hiding, right? And um, and what does Adam say? Adam says, um, um, he says, I was naked and so I hid myself, right? So before, naked, unashamed, and now I was naked, so I hid myself. So I hid myself, right? And we hide we hide ourselves from God. Um, and then what does God say? God says, Who said you were naked? Did I say you were naked? Like who said you were naked? Like this thing that you're shamed, ashamed of, like, you know, and you're 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 living in the shame, like, did I say that? Like, right? Because shame um, it causes us to hide. Uh, it, it distorts the truth. And it also causes us to question what God said. And this is the illusion, right? That God doesn't want to be. This is this idea that God doesn't, God doesn't want to be. You can't draw near to God because God doesn't want you. Like, look at what you've done. Look at who you are, right? That's, that's that accusation. That's that voice. Um, So shame distorts truth. So here's the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. A lot of these scriptures came from Bible Bible study. Um, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, right? Have everlasting life. And then it says, For uh he did not come into the world to condemn the world, or send his son into the world to condemn the world, not to condemn the world. Right? Isn't that what it's <laughs> okay, um, but that through him uh, we may be saved. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah, I'm about to pass me the mic. All right. Um, so shame causes us to hide. Um, so here's what God invites us to. God invites us to live in the light as he is in the light. Um, he invites us to confession, repentance, uh, forgiveness. He calls us uh, to experience commu community, right? That idea that, you know, you're, uh, you're not loved, nobody wants to be around you. Like, he, he, uh, he calls us into experience that community with God and with others, right? And so, um, you know, this idea, it says it right on the door. You guys see that one? You guys came in, no judgment. Right? There's no judgment inside of you. And that's what God calls us to. He calls us to stop judging others, right? Because this is the shame. It, it, there, there's that comparison. You know, we, we compare because, you know, if we, uh, we can find those people that kind of look a little worse than us or we can paint them in that way, then we don't feel so bad about ourselves anymore. We can make them feel this certain way. We don't feel so bad. And these are, I mean, these are the ways that we contribute to this a lot of times, right? And if you like go back to the story, right? They start blaming each other, right? And start comparing, and then you know, there's a whole lot more to the story. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, but uh, so so like. I was taught that the big S sin word, you know, that separates us from God was sin. You know, but I think even at the if we get behind the thing that's behind the thing that's behind the thing that's behind the thing of our sin, right? The sin's not good. Right? We don't want to live in that. But if we were to get behind all that, I think we'd find shame. Right? And uh that's not our fault. I'm not saying that sin's not our fault, I'm saying. That shame, that's that's not our fault. Um, so um, I'm going to do a little activation for, for you guys that are tracking with me and feel like there's something that God may uh, be like calling you to, like say, you know, like that thing, like that's that's not what I say about you. Like you, you know, you're questioning something or something that somebody said or something. Something that's like on you right now, you know what I mean? Like that you're just like, okay, that thing, that thing, you know, I've been using a lot of fill in the blanks and all this stuff because there's something, right? I know there's a lot that I could, you know, um, that I could give you right now. But um, and so I want to do a little activation. Got that so what we're gonna do is we're gonna build a fire. No, seriously, we're gonna um are there papers on you? Right there, Bobby, on the stool. Okay. Well, that wasn't good. All right. So I'm going to pass these out. And if you guys have anything, um, that's, you know, that's something that's just come to mind um, as I'm like, you know, been doing this, just write it on the paper. Nobody has to see it. And then um, we're going to toss it in this little trash can right here. This is an activation. This is um, just going through a, um, you know, um, just going through a little, you guys know what's going on. All right. Um, Here, I can help with that, or you can help with it. So we're going to pass out a paper, and I would encourage you, if you want to, you don't have to, uh, if you feel led, to write down something 
telling you about something or maybe there's something that you like you try to move to a certain point in your life there's something that comes up that holds you back and um so something that you know some <laughs> something that you have shame and the candle represents jesus and i would encourage you to in the trash can is totally safe to you don't have to tell anybody what you write down and you can light it on fire and drop it in the can and nobody's going to see it and it's kind of symbolic of surrendering that thing that you think is keeping you from god to god because god is right there with you in your shame in whatever you're walking through god is with you god is with you so I'm going to put a song on while we do this um, and just in your time, come up and let your shame go to God. Let it go. We're physical people. So sometimes we need a physical act. <laughs> 